Hey, Sarah. Yes. What? what? We're alive. We're back. Yay! <laughs> late guys yeah um possibly three i've honestly lost track yeah we were supposed to record this multiple times most yeah, of the but... fault goes to my mental health but that's okay we forgive it and i have family that has the audacity to want to spend time with me how dare they how dare i know how how dare i have good how dare i have family members and who are loving anyway um do you know who who uh, is not a good family member currently? Uh, Ren. I was gonna say the mom, but the mom's never a good family member. Yeah, listen, that's 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 too easy of an answer to just say the mom because we all know it's true. She sucks. Oh, big time, and not yeah. me. And I promise I'm not just looking at my notes, desperately remembering what happens in these chapters because you know I made these notes like two weeks ago. <laughs> That's like I'm not sitting here with chapter 11 open skimming anyway uh hi everyone uh welcome back to bookish babbles um thank you for your patience with our unexpected hiatus but I promise we're alive and and doing well in the moment ish <laughs> anyway uh I I'm Allison I've forgotten how to introduce my own podcast and I'm joined by my most my most frequent guest and practically co-host Sarah. Hello. Oh. And we're discussing chapters eleven to what was it seventeen? Two seventeen, I think, because you didn't have anything in the file for seventeen. Oh, I think I did read the chapter though. I just didn't make any notes in the file. Well, that doesn't help us since it took so long since we've read it. Well, you know what? We both have our books. We'll um we'll think of something. Anyway, um what happens? Uh we get emergency dance parties, um an actual party that Cap goes to, and you know, where everything ends happy. <laughs> I just raised my hand like I was in school because she kept talking, guys. Fair enough. Y yes, Sarah, was there something you want to share with the class? I was reading my book and I remembered, like I was skimming, we did not want to include 17 in this episode. Oh, okay, cool. Because I have no notes for how 17. how 16 is. Good point. Because 16 is the thing. Oh yeah, the thing. Cool. So we're ending on the thing in chapter 16 and then um, next time we'll start with chapter 17. So I guess I was just being an overachiever reading chapter 17. And immediately forgetting what happens now. We're doing great, everyone. Allison, <laughs> how busy is your week? How busy is my week now? Yeah, other than the concert. Um, well, I start rehearsal for a new show this week. Okay, I only ask because we, we both have Monday off. That's true. We could try to record next episode while we're already together. Ha, ah, we're geniuses. Anyway, uh, we'll figure that out. But let's talk yeah. about this episode. It was just important enough for me to ask. That's true, because, guys, we are seeing, uh, what are we doing this weekend, Sarah? 
We're seeing five seconds of summer at Boston night too. I am going to be babysitting Sarah. Yes, I'm going to be crying and passing out friendship bracelets. I have 44 of them right now. Yeah, so if uh, you happen to be there when we are there and you see a strange person handing you a friendship bracelet, take it. It's probably Sarah. She'll yeah. cry. If and you don't. better take it. Otherwise, Allison will, I, I don't know, throw water on you. I don't know. <laughs> Allison just clubs you with her book. <laughs> For legal reasons, this is a joke. But seriously, take the friendship bracelet. She worked hard on them and they're fantastic. I have so many inside jokes on them, guys. Mm-hmm. So fans of Five Sauce Delight and take the friendship bracelet if you are lucky enough to get one. And don't forget to go back and listen to the Five Seconds of Summer book tag. Woo! Also, if you happen to be in the southern, eastern, around the Capish area in Massachusetts in October, um, come see me in Puffs. It's a it's a play that is basically Harry Potter fan fiction, but because they managed to get around the copyright laws, no money di- directly supports the transphobe. Woo! So, woohoo! She, I get to be in a fun Hogwartsy type play, and she who must not be named won't get any money from it. What are the dates, Allison? Um, good question. Uh, two weekends running. I know October 22nd is the last date. Uh, nope i'm looking at august yeah october 22nd i know is our last show so that weekend and the weekend before so oh wait haha sarah opening night is your birthday happy birthday happy birthday to me i'm opening night (laughs) it's so brady because fun fact one of uh my brother and one of my best friends in the world share a birthday yes so october 12th is a good day Anywho, yes. um, yeah, that's what I what I got go, going on. I'm playing Hannah and a bunch of other random characters, including a and this is how she's described by the director, a knockoff Helena Bottom Carter. Yes. So I got the crazy hair for it, so it'll be a good time. You do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Take a blow dryer to it. Exactly. So speaking of Harry Potter type things, um, Fangirl and Simon Snow. Yes. We're we're doing all the great segues this episode. Um, I think that's a really good start for chapter 11 because chapter 11 is Cap reminiscing. Well, not reminiscing, that is totally the wrong word, but anxiously reliving the conversation with her professor where her professor accuses her of plagiarizing because she wrote fanfic for an assignment. And poor Kath is staring at her computer, reliving this conversation. Yep. So let's talk about this conversation, because I hate it here. Would you like to read part of it? After I just closed my book. I'm sorry. (laughs) We're bad at this, guys. It's fine. We didn't forget how to podcast. Okay, here we go. So where where do you want to read to? I want to at least... Okay. I say we do the dialogue. Okay. Who do you want to read for? I can be the bitchy professor. (laughs) Well, you're usually Cap. 
So well, makes- I don't mind mixing it up because I know Kat means a lot to you too. She does, but it's let's do the professor part. Okay. Kath, I don't know what to make of this. I really don't know what you were thinking. But was it that bad? Bad or good isn't the point. This is plagiarism. No, I wrote it myself. You wrote it yourself? You're the author of Simon Snow and the Mage's Heir? Of course not. These characters, this whole world belongs to someone else. But the story is mine. The characters in the world make the story. Not necessarily. Yes, necessarily. If you're asked to write something original, you can't just steal someone else's story and rearrange the characters. It's not stealing. What would you call it? Borrowing. Repurposing. Remixing. Sampling. Stealing. It's not illegal. I I don't own the, ca- the characters, but I'm not trying to sell them either. Whether it's legal is hardly relevant. I asked you to write an original story, you, and there's nothing original here. I just don't think you understand. I don't think you understand, Kath. And I really want you to. This is college. What we do here is real. I've allowed you into an upper level course and so far you've greatly impressed me. But this was an immature mistake and the right thing for you to do now is to learn from it. Yeah. Uh, Like I said, I hate it here. Yes. Mm -hmm. So this is very entertaining to me because do you remember how we were forced to take first year seminar yep i took the uh, not first year seminar first year writing mm-hmm. i took the honors course my final assignment dead ass was to write fan fiction i love that <laughs> we were given a list of films that we had to watch one of and write fan fiction Why was I not in this class? I don't know. I can tell you that mine was Snowpiercer with Chris Evans. And I only watched about a half hour. And I got an A-plus on the assignment despite writing it on something that I didn't even watch the full film for. (laughs) Welcome to college. I love you. (laughs) I love you too. That is also the professor where I remember the time I almost set myself on fire in an English liter- in an English lecture. That professor. What about that? Holy shit. <laughs> Broken outlets. Exposed exposed metal prongs from a charger and zippers on metal on leather jacket sleeves do not mix, listeners. Oh man. I no was that like the last semester before the building got an upgrade and got and went under construction? Yes. Okay. See that that's why. That's why the building needed an upgrade. Because I almost set myself on fire. <laughs> and the professor asked if my laptop was okay. <laughs> Not me. Yeah. It threw it's sparks. technology okay. It threw sparks. I screamed. I left the, the classroom crying. Professor only asked about the laptop. Uh, the laptop was fine, in case you're wondering. 
Yeah, I'm sure we were all on the edge of our seat over the laptop. Uh, anyway, so what do you what, what do you think of the whole argument that of Cap quote unquote you know do plagiarism? She's not plagiarizing. She wrote the word herself. And if anything, what she's doing is even more complex in writing your own story because you are trying to be in character for someone you did not create. You have more to sell. That's true. One of my very last assignments for college was fan fiction as well, actually. Oh, yeah. You weren't in that class. It was after you graduated. Oh, yeah, because uh, uh, fun fact, guys, I, I managed to graduate a whole semester early, literally right before 2020. So I graduated during that first semester of COVID. Yep. I thought I was, yeah, guys, I thought I was, you know, hot shit. I thought, aha, I got here out of here a semester early. I'm going to get a job before all my other peers. And then the pandemic said, hey, bitch, you thought. It really did. It's like, oh, they, what's the saying? Like the universe points and laughs at your plans that, that it really did, guys, <laughs> to the extreme. You make plans, God laughs. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, so one, I think, so a kind of a generous way of looking at Professor Piper, I think, because, you know, she is of an older generation that doesn't, you know, get fan fiction or whatever. Um, I think a generous reading of her is that she sees fan fiction as something that it that's like a safety bubble for Cap and in a, a lot of ways I think it is and she wants to push Cap outside her safety zone so she can grow in, into a better a better writer. So you know what I thought you were going to say and I was gonna fight you? Okay. I thought you were gonna say that fan fiction wasn't a thing when no. was younger. Because, y'all, people people were writing fan fiction about the fucking outsiders back in the day. Uh-huh. And hell, um, I think, was it Professor Hall? I, I remember her, I think it was her who basically told us that, like, back when, like, the printing press first became a thing and, you know, copyright laws weren't a thing, um, and, and it became so much easier and accessible for people to publish written work. People were basically writing fan fiction. People would write responses to famous poetry, like, um, what's that famous poem? Uh, Come with me and be my love, like that one. People have written, people were writing responses to that and getting it published. And so it was like, it was basically fan fiction because that's what fan fiction writers do. They wa watch an episode of their favorite show or whatever and go, and go, hmm, I wonder what this character was doing during that. You know what? I'll write it myself. Or my favorite thing ever is Fix It Fix. Mm. The writers did a shitty job. I can do better. Yep. I'm basically reading a Fix It Fix right now. <laughs> For a fandom of a show that I watched when I was 12, guys. We went out to lunch yesterday and I had to hear all about it. Yeah, poor Sarah. But uh, if anyone was uh wa actively watching house of anubis back in the day uh we're friends now congratulations congratulations this means you're friends with me by extension <laughs> although unless unless you were happy with the with um certain couples at the end of season three then we are not friends goodbye
<laughs> Goodbye. You lost me. Yeah, you had me, then you lost me. I'm sorry. But anyway, oh. yeah. Basically, all that to say is I think Professor Piper does ultimately want to support Kath. She just um, did not do it very well in this moment. Sounds about right for people of her generation. Yep. But because it's a Piper, she, Piper's like Gen X generation, right? Yep. Yep. That's about right. All right. Do we do so, all right? This leads oh. into something that would not exist the same way if it was written now. Also, I love the note I wrote, which is pick up your damn phone, Ren. That's a mood. Because Kath is alone in her room and she's calling her sister because she needs someone to talk to and of course Ren isn't picking up because she's being a little shit right now but then we get emergency dance party but also can we acknowledge because my book is open she called her sister six fucking times I forgot how many times she called her yeah shit Kath picked up her phone again she'd called Ren at least six times since she left class Every time the call went straight to voicemail. Every time, Kath hung up. Oh yeah, and that class was in like the middle of the day. Shit. Yeah. So Everybody we got emergency- your fucking phone red. So we get emergency dance party, which would not exist the same way. Definitely. We- so, so she wouldn't be dancing to Kanye. Who would she be dancing to instead? I don't know. I think if we're setting it more present, Taylor Swift is a good bet. It's true. I mean, if you get enough Swifties together dancing to shake it up, you'll shake it off, you'll cause a mini earthquake. So Yep. But also who doesn't love the catharsis of screaming along to Red Taylor's version and folklore? Oh yep. I knew you sipping in leave. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what we were doing in the car the other day, guys. Literally yesterday, friends. Yeah, that's what we do. We scream, we scream, sing to Taylor Swift. And occasionally Olivia Rodrigo. And sometimes I throw in five sauce for good measure. And Allison yeah. drops. We got we gotta mix it up, and then every so often I'll start blasting musicals like Hamilton or Shrek. Hamilton. Yep, Alexander Hamilton. And and again, I've said it many times this week, but I'll say it again. Shrek the Musical had no reason to go as hard as it did, but it did, and I love it for, for doing that for us. But Kath decides that just because she doesn't have Ren doesn't mean she can't do an emergency Kanye party. Mm-hmm. And... Because you don't need a quota. And then a certain someone appears at the door. It's our boy! It was just Levi, to quote the book. <laughs> and and I just love him so much, how he just, like, is like, what? What's happening? Oh, we're dancing? Cool. I mean, come on, the beginning of this is great. Reagan isn't here! He said something, but not loud enough. What? She yelled. Then <laughs> who is here? Levi shouted, smiling. Levi, always smiling, wearing a plaid flannel shirt with the sleeves unbuttoned at the wrists, couldn't even be trusted to dress himself. Who's in there listening to rap music? 
Me, Kath said. She was panting. She tried not to pant. This can't be Cather music. I'd always pegged you as the mopey indie type. Who says she can't be both, Levi? And then he asks her what she's doing, and she says, emergency dance party, go away. And he joins. Because why not? So they're bopping together. Wait, doesn't Reagan barge into at one point? I was gonna read it. <laughs> it's just kind of great. They kept on dancing together, imitating each other's goofiest moves, bouncing at the end of the beds. It was almost like dancing with Ren, but not, of course. Really, really not. And then the door swung open. Kath jumped back away from it and fell flat on her mattress, <laughs> bouncing and rolling onto the floor. <laughs> Levi was laughing so hard he had to lean against the wall with both hands. Reagan walked in and said something, but Kath didn't catch it. She reached up to her desk and closed the laptop, stopping the music. Levi's laughter rang out in the sudden quiet. Kath was completely out of breath, and she'd landed, on, landed wrong on her knee. <laughs> what the major fuck, Reagan said, more shocked than angry. At least Kath didn't think she seemed angry. Emergency dance party, Levi said, jumping off the bed and reaching out to help Kath. I love him. <laughs> also, the fact that he follows it up with, have you met Cather? She spits hot fire. <laughs> also, I'm convinced that if, like, if Fangirl was made into a movie, that would be like one of the best scenes. Oh my god, it would be. Mm -hmm. that would be the scene people go to watch on youtube and like would show up on my tiktok for you page it would be to fangirl what the end of perks of being a wallflower is to that movie oh in the tunnel arms outstretched mm -hmm. we are infinite this is where we stop to say that ezra miller sucks right but you know who doesn't suck? Emma Watson. Correct. Woo! And, oh, and somewhere in the mix of all this, um, we we finally hear from Ren. At Muggsy's, come now. Nine one one is the text. And when they get and Levi, being the wonderful person he is, gets Kath there, and Ren is insufferable and drunk, which is the worst combination ever. Well, let's acknowledge that it's on East Campus and she doesn't even know where the fuck that is. Seriously, how big is the school? Seriously, though. It's a few miles. Ten minutes from there, maybe longer with the weather. That school is gigantic and there better be a bus system. And, to quote our boy Levi, there's a tractor museum. And an international quilt education center. And the food in the residence halls is outstanding. East Campus is just so much better than City Campus in every way. And you don't even know that it exists. <laughs> it better be better than our school's food. Yeah, let's hope. Mm -hmm. Um, Kath has no problem getting into the bar. 
despite being underage. Because it's that kind of bar. And here we go. They're walking through the bar. A movement near the wall caught Kath's eye, the way someone flipped back her hair. Ren, Kath said, surging forward. Levi held her arm and pushed in front of her, trying to clear the way. Ren, Kath shouted over the crowd before she was even close enough for Ren to hear. Kath's heart was pounding. She was trying to make out the situation around Ren. A big guy was standing in front of her, his arms caging Ren against the carpeted wall. Ren, Kath knocked one of the guy's arms away, and he pulled back, nonplussed. Are you okay? And then we find out that Ren didn't even mean to text Kath. She meant to text Courtney, her shitty roommate. Ooh, wrong C. Because a hot guy was there, and that's worth a 911. Also, men suck. Yes, because they immediately start commenting on hot twins. <laughs> and as Levi so rightly points out, uh, that's incest, you fucking creeps. Okay, but I love it because Kath is yelling at Ren about how 911 is for emergencies. And in the background, you just hear Levi go, Are, do you really think that's appropriate? <laughs> you realize that they're sisters, right? You're talking about incense. <laughs> and then... The guys keep being shitty. Levi almost fucking swings on a guy yelling at him. And then the guy who was caging in Ren turns around and punches the guy. Which is the correct response. This is when violence is the answer. <laughs> also one of, one of my favorite insults ever. This didn't make sense to me until I dated my ex. But Levi yells at the guy who was talking about incest. Oh, fuck you, flowers in the attic. What? <laughs> Do you know the book Flowers in the Attic? No. I know you well enough to say don't read it. Okay. Don't do it. Don't do it. You will be so disturbed. But readers, if you like disturbing content, V.C. Andrews is wonderful. May she rest in peace. May her memory always be a blessing. But um, yeah, one of the major plot lines of Flowers in the Attic, the whole series, is incest. Oh, lovely. Incest, a mom mur- trying to murder her kids. Great times. Kids trapped in an attic. Listen, I can handle fake incest, uh, Shadowhunters, but... Actual incest. Yeah. And then... And Courtney shows up once they all stumble outside. We find out our guy's name is Jondro. Mm-hmm. And they have to get Jondro the hell out because he punched a guy and he's going to get arrested. And at one point, Levi has to take a beer from Ren. Whoa there, Levi said, snagging the bottle and dropping it into a trash can behind her. Open container. That was my beer, Ren objected. A little louder there, jailbait. I don't think every cop on the street heard you. (laughs) And Kath tries to convince Ren to go home. Ren's a little shit and refuses. And Courtney is a wonderful enabler. Kath feels terrible for not being able to get her sister to leave. 
Levi, precious boy, you did the right thing, you know. Levi. No, Kath said, I don't know. You had to go check on her. 911 is 911. And then I left her, completely wasted, with a stranger and a moron. That guy didn't seem like a stranger. I'm her sister. I'm supposed to look out for her. Not against her will. Then he takes her to breakfast for dinner. But also, this exchange is beautiful. Because they keep going about the worry. And she says, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Okay. Are you hungry? No. She let down in her lap. The truck still didn't move. Because I'm hungry, he said. Aren't you supposed to meet with Reagan? Yeah. Later. And he takes her. Because she's wearing pajamas. And she's like, I'm wearing pajamas. And he goes, I'm, I know just the place. And brings her to a diner for breakfast. And then she and she talks to Levi about the fan fiction incident. And the plagiarism. And Levi is into it. Yep. Except for the fact that he can't get past the fact that Simon and Baz are suddenly gay. <laughs> Listen, he gets there. Eventually. But he understands that it's not actually plagiarism. Mm-hmm. That He finds out that that's why they were having the emergency dance party. Yep. And she says about the, about Professor Piper, she didn't get it. She thought it was plagiarism. And Levi doesn't even get past that. But it was your story. Mm-hmm. That's not exactly plagiarism. They were your words, right? I mean, I can see why your professor wouldn't want you to write a Simon Snow story. The class isn't called fan fiction writing, but I wouldn't call it plagiarism. And then he makes the mistake of asking her if it's being reported to the judicial board, which scares her for a minute. Mm-hmm. But they determine that it isn't. And then Levi calls her a deviant and gives her the food, some of the food off his plate. Yep. <laughs> Our boy. We love him. How many we times do. can we say that in one episode? Allison, I have to go get that DoorDash order from outside. Okay. I will return. And now we start a brief intermission while Sarah goes to get food. Uh, what should I rant about today? I don't know. Um... Freeze your brain. Also, we are only like one chapter in and already had an intermission. Yeah. Also, what food did you get, Sarah? I just got soda and a Slurpee. Nice. Freeze your brain. I did that when you were out of the room. <laughs> Glad we had the same thought. But anyway, uh, should we move on to chapter 12? Yeah. Okay, so first of all, I love how in the opening, um, she's silently rebelling by reading fan fiction at the de- outside the department. And... And also, I would I want to read some of her uh, Penelope fanfiction. 
True. I've only read, it's been a while since I've read the books, but I've only read, but I did read um the first two books in the Carry On trilogy, and Penelope's chapters were always my favorite. And then my next note is just go away, Nick. Um, I think it's interesting to note that Courtney asks Kath who Levi was. And oh, he's just friends with my roommate. Oh, too bad. He was super cute. Farm boy. But also the fact that Courtney refers to Nick as her hot librarian. Yeah. Like, I know this is a book and we don't have any visuals, but I guarantee you Nick is not that hot. I'm turning the fan on, Allison. Is it going to warp the audio too much? Eh, whatever. The air in here is absolutely stagnant. I'm dying. I know. Everyone, stay cool, stay hydrated. Hydrate before you dihydrate. Yep, especially if you're outside too long and it's over 80 degrees Fahrenheit, as we learned yesterday. Yes, yes, we did. Mm -hmm. Fun fact, guys, if you don't eat a ton and you don't drink enough and you drink more caffeine than actual water, you might get a migraine. 10 out of 10, do not recommend. So, Nick sucks. Yep. Also, I just made... Also, I love the note I made about Starbucks and Levi's line being like, when Kath is like, it's a big faceless corporation. And Levi's like, so far they've let me keep my face. <laughs> oh, Levi. And this is the, and in this chapter is the first time that Kath reads fan fiction to Levi. But also I love the fact that she's working on a biology essay. And he goes, no, not secret, dirty fan fiction. <laughs> oh, we find out that despite his hair being absolutely ridiculous, Levi does not use hair product. Oh my God. I forgot the one downfall that our beautiful boy has. His one true fault, Allison. Is that he doesn't wash his hair regularly? Once a month. Yeah. He rinses it. And it's like, yeah, I rinse my hair too every day, Levi, but I wash it more frequently than one month. It's perfectly clean. Smell it. I'm going to freeze your brain stuck in my head for the rest of the night now. I hope you know that. <laughs> what kind of slurpee did you get anyway? Cherry. Always cherry. Okay. Yep. Gotta keep it. Gotta keep it on brand. Yeah. Also, just not, just the fact that, you know, Le Levi wants Kath to read something that means so much, that means so much to her. And not only is he sitting there and not just passively listening, he's like actively into it. Like, like when he keeps, inter when he keeps interrupting and he's like, and he's screaming things like, he's a vampire, Simon! Beautiful, and I love it. Yes, we love him. Mm -hmm. Like, he's, like, he wants to get to know her, know her as a person, and, and, uh, boys take notes. Also, fly, go away. Also, he mentions Harry Potter. Oh, that's right! Yeah, I forgot this was the chapter that mentions it. 
Which like I don't know, Levi said. It's hard for me to get my head around. And what he's trying to get his head around is Simon and Baz being gay. Mm-hmm. It's hearing that Harry Potter is gay or Encyclopedia Brown. Kath, that made Kath laugh out loud. Big Encyclopedia Brown fan? Shut up. My dad used to read them to me. Which, which funny enough, um, I think JK, like when, well, like a couple of years ago when I reread the Harry Potter series for the first time again in a while, I think JK Rowling made, accidentally made Harry a bit bisexual. There's a reason why everyone was freaking out about Drary. Mm-hmm. Because just the way that certain characters, especially male characters, are described as like how handsome they are and they go into detail. It's like, no, and kids, keep in mind, the whole series is told third person inside Harry's head. No straight teenage boy goes into that much detail about how other boys look. So, and so, so yeah, there's a reason that that Drary is such a huge ship and also um harry's type is clearly a quidditch player specifically seekers yes because draco's a seeker cedric is a seeker cho is a seeker and Ginny at certain points is a seeker yes can i make a fangirl point of course it's interesting to notice that levi doesn't say he read encyclopedia brown his dad read them to him oh yep remember that folks yep that's that's relevant that is very relevant that is rainbow rowling being a being a good writer and me not being a good talker um and planting what levi's in love with penelope yep that that is continuing um and then reagan comes and kind of ruins the moment damn it reagan and then we get a snip of an article about Simon Snow. Oh, before we completely move on, a point I want to make about the comments about, you know, Harry, about Levi being like, uh, it's like finding out Harry Potter is gay. Didn't in the manga volume two, didn't they change the line to, it's like finding out Luke Skywalker is gay. Yes. Mm-hmm. And... And uh, also, I think Luke Skywalker is gay, according to Disney now. So, I hate to break it to you, Levi, but... <laughs> and, as the entire, and as the entirety of the internet has pointed out, especially, like, the Chanel boots that Luke Skywalker wears in Return of the Jedi, it's like, they, they say no straight man would wear those boots. Do they... Does she help him with the school assignment in this section? Yep. Okay. I only ask because I have a point to make. Go for it. But we need that context. And that's actually the chapter that we're going into. Okay. Oh, actually, the note where I said opening line is me, That's meant, that was meant for the opening line of chapter 13, not 11. <laughs> I'm dumb. Cap wasn't trying to make new friends here. Yep. That that was that that's me. In some cases, she was actively trying not to make friends, though she usually stopped short of being rude. Yep, I tried not to make friends at one point, but people kept forcing me to be their friends. Patrick, hi. <laughs> you forced me to be your friend. Yep. 
And now you're trapped. Um, this is where we find out that mom left them on 9 11. 11. No wonder that they've all got issues. They were in third grade. Yep. And not only did their mom leave on B911, but their dad didn't tell anyone the mom had left until summer break, meaning they had gone the entire school year without telling anyone. And like the dad he got them a therapist. And then didn't tell the therapist. And and like Ren and like Ren stole things. Kath was so scared, was too nervous to ask for a bathroom pa- pass that she peed herself in class. Like the they, the girls were not okay. No one in that family was okay. The dad didn't change their sheets from September to February. Levi's having a party at his house tonight. He invites Kath, and Kath is not about it. And is she ever about it? He shows up at the at the dorm with coffee for her mm-hmm. and demands that she read him more fan fiction. Yep. So she reads him more fan fiction. And then oh my god, we get to the thing. This is one of my favorite moments in the whole book. Go go for it. She, Reagan, and Levi have a conversation about fan fiction and what it means to her. They go to the party. Dear God, why is this so hard for me to do? Okay. It's Monday. I was wrong. I was wrong. We have another full chapter to get to before the thing. Yep. The dad picks them up for Thanksgiving. Yeah, and and they give Courtney a ride, and then Ren almost immediately abandons them when they go home, and she spends Thanksgiving with their mom. Yep. Yay. And And I don't have too too much to comment on that chapter. What about you? Ren's being shitty and keeps making comments about Simon and Baz, which is upsetting Cal. Mm Mm-hmm. The dad won't side with either of the kids. She's very up. Oh, we do have an important point here. Oh. They're talking about the mom, and that's where the dad won't pick a side. Because he can't seem to decide whether the girl should talk to them or talk to the mom or not. It's their decision, not his. Mm-hmm. Incredibly respectable. Yep. As a child of divorce, that is incredibly respectable. But here's what gets me. Kath asks her dad, did you freak out when she called? I cried for three hours. The dad's alone in this house. His daughters are gone to college. And his ex-wife calls him for the first time in well over a decade. And he just sits and cries in his empty house for three hours. This man needs a hug. He does. Apparently his mom is the one that gave his ex-wife his phone number. 
Um, Grandma, what the hell? She feels like her mom is evil. The dad kind of agrees. Um, and we're gonna call that the end of chapter 14. Yep. Woohoo! Chapter 15. Time for the good shit! Sorry, I missed what you said over me screaming time for the good shit. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's the moment I've been waiting for. Exactly. So Leva So leave Levi so my note did wait take two Allison. <laughs> my note in the in the Google Docs is for the chapter fifteen is just Mayday, Mayday, Leva is stressed and angry, world is ending. Yeah, he shows up at the apartment. He doesn't look like himself. And he's freaking out because Reagan isn't around. She's supposed to study with him. Mm-hmm. And Kath is like, you can still study here. And this is how we learn that our boy is dyslexic. Mm-hmm. He, can't, he can't read for himself. Mm-hmm. And the audiobook isn't available. And I'm pretty sure this was like pre like Libby too. Yes. Because this was written in 2013. So it was like real I mean, I think Audible like was was Audible a thing in 2013, but it obviously wasn't big like it is now. Right. And on top of that, the book is The Outsiders. Mm-hmm. Which I have a point about in a minute. Okay. But Kath is a bit of a bitch before she understands that he has dyslexia. Mm-hmm. This is school, she said. Would you let Reagan take the test for you? And Kath, yeah. honey. If I if and this is big because there's a test tomorrow. If Levi doesn't get a C in the class, he gets kicked out of his program. He can't read the book. The movie's not available from the library. Mm-hmm. And professors can always tell when you watch the movie. But also, it kills me. So read the book. It's not that simple. It's exactly that simple, Kath said. You have a test tomorrow. Your girlfriend isn't here to do your work. Read the book. You don't understand anything. Levi, honey. He's never finished a book. He can read. He can't focus. Like, I read the same paragraph over and over, and I still don't know what it says. Like, the words go right through me, and I can't hold on to them. He's dyslexic. Mm -hmm. Better, he has major ADHD or a bit of both. Either way, man needs some help with reading. But the fact that he got upset with her and says to her, I'm sorry I yelled at you near immediately. Mm-hmm. And she goes, did you yell at me? And he goes, I raised my voice. Also, she yeah. locks herself out of the room. So what yeah. do we learn? that Levi is hella respectful of boundaries because he has an extra copy of the room key 
um, that Reagan provided him for emergencies. And Kath is like, wait, then why were you always sitting outside my do my door? Why'd you never let yourself in? And he's like, because that was never an emergency. But also, we love that Kath comes around to say, normally I listen to the he says, normally I listen to the audiobook, and she says that counts as reading. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. It fucking does. I will fight anyone who tries to say that listening to audiobooks doesn't count as reading. Kath has to say that all she knows about the outsiders is stay gold, pony boy. Mm-hmm. <sighs> she starts reading to him. I was so. We just need to acknowledge some of this, okay? We're going to get a little block of reading. How does that feel? Are we about it? Sure. Are we about me reading to you as Kath reads to Levi? Go for it. <laughs> Levi sighed and pushed back his hair. Kath shuffled the pages with her thumb. It really was a short book with tons of dialogue. She looked up at Levi. The sun was setting behind her and he was sitting in a wash of orange light. Kath turned her chair toward the bed, knocking his feet without warning to the ground. Then she rested her own feet on the bed frame and took off her glasses, tucking them in her hair. When I stepped out into the bright sunlight from the darkness of the movie house, Kath, Levi whispered. She felt her chair wobble and knew he was kicking it. You don't have to do that. Obviously, she said. When I stepped out into the bright sunlight, Cather, she cleared her throat, still focused on the book. Shut up, I owe you one, at least one. And also, I'm trying to read here. When I stepped out into the bright sunlight from the darkness of the movie house, I had just two things on my mind. When Kath glanced up between paragraphs, Levi was grinning. He bent forward to slide out of his coat, then found a new way to rest his legs on her chair and leaned back against the wall, closing his eyes. Mm. And she reads him the whole fucking book. With a break, they did take a break so he could get her coffee. Yes. But also... Kath didn't know what to do, she, so she sort of nodded and gave him the world's lamest thumbs up. When he was gone, she stood up and stretched. Her back and her shoulders popped. She went to the bathroom, came back, stretched again, checked her phone, then lay down on her bed. It smelled like Levi, <laughs> like coffee grounds, and some sort of warm, spicy thing that might be cologne, or soap, or deodorant. Levi sat on her bed so often, it was all familiar. Sometimes he smelled like cigarette smoke, but not tonight. Sometimes like beer. And it is five below outside while this whole reading thing is happening. Kath, you love this man. And then what happens as they keep, re as they keep reading, Sarah? I'm getting there. Another 20 pages, Kath was getting sleepy at oh. some point. Oh, by the way, actually, sorry, before I forget, um, when Levi comes back with a coffee, he also brings blueberry bliss protein bars. His favorite. We've come full circle. <laughs> we have. Okay, continue. I had to add that. Of course. 
oh, wow. Allison, you jumped the gun. That's at the end of the section I was going to read. Oh, never mind. So, just a progression. After another 20 pages, Cap was getting sleepy. At some point, Levi had leaned against her, and then she leaned back. And it was hard to think about what was happening on that side of her body because she was busy reading. Though there was almost an entire chapter there where her lips and her eyes were moving, but her brain wasn't keeping track of anything but how warm he was. How warm her roommate's boyfriend was. Because she still thinks that Levi and Reagan are dating. Mm Mm-hmm. They take another break. And he brings out the Blueberry Bliss the power oat bars. Protein bars. Protein bars. <laughs> yep. It was really late and too dark in the room to be reading this much. Kath's voice was rough now, like someone had run a dull knife across it like she was recovering from a cold or a crying jag. At some point, Levi had put his left arm around her and pulled her back against his chest. She'd been fidgeting and rubbing her back on the wall, and Levi just reached behind her and pulled her into him. Then his hand had fallen back down to the bed and stayed there, except for when he stretched or moved. When he moved, Levi would bring his hand up to Kath's shoulder to hold her against him while he adjusted. And then a little more reading. She won't take a break. Levi slid down the wall onto the bed, resting on his side, then tugged Kath down so she was lying on her back in front of him, his arm beneath her head like a pillow. She relaxed her shoulders and felt warm flannel against the back of her neck. Better, he asked in his superscript voice. He was looking at her face, giving Kath a chance to say no without having to say it out loud. She didn't speak or nod or answer. Instead, she looked down and shifted slightly toward him onto her side, leaning the book against his chest. She started reading again and felt Levi's elbow curve around her shoulder. Kath didn't have to read very loud when he was this close, which was good because her voice was almost gone. God, Levi was warm, and up close, he smelled so much like himself. It made her tear up. Her eyes were tired. She was tired. When Johnny, one of the main characters, got hurt, Levi took a sharp breath. By that time, Kath's cheek was on his chest, and she could feel his ribs expanding. She took a deep breath, too. Her voice broke a little more, and Levi tightened his grip around her. She wondered whether there was any blood left in his arm. She wondered what happened when they got to the end of the story. She kept reading. There were too many boys in this book. Too many arms and legs and flushed faces. She'd expected to laugh when she finally got to the line, stay gold, pony boy. But she didn't, because it meant that Johnny was dead, and she thought, thought that that maybe Levi was crying. Maybe Kath was crying too. Her eyes were tired. She was tired. When I stepped out into the bright sunlight from the darkness of the movie house, I had only two things on my mind. 
Paul Newman in a ride home. Kath closed the book and let it fall on Levi's chest, not sure what happened next. Not sure she was awake, all things considered. The moment it fell, he pulled her into him, onto him, with both arms, her chest pressed against his, and the paperback slid between their stomachs. Kath's eyes were half closed, and so were Levi's, and his lips looked only looked small from afar, she realized, because of their doll-like pucker. They were perfectly big, really, now that she had a good look at them, perfectly something. He nudged his nose against hers, and their mouths fell sleepily together, already soft and open. When Kath's eyes closed, her eyelids stuck. She wanted to open them. She wanted to get a better look at Levi's two dark eyebrows. She wanted to admire his crazy vampire hairline. She had a feeling that this was never going to happen again, and that it might even ruin what was left of her life. So she wanted to open her eyes and bear some witness. But she was so tired, and his mouth was so soft, and nobody had ever kissed Kath like this before. Only Abel had kissed her before, and that was like getting pushed squarely on the mouth and pushing back. Levi's kisses were all taking, like he was drawing something out of her with the soft little jabs of his chin. She brought her fingers up to his hair, and she couldn't open her eyes. Eventually, she couldn't stay awake. Ah! <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that I just read you like four pages of this book. I don't care. It was great. And it's the and it's 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 the moment we've been waiting for, goddammit. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed this dramatic reading. Woo! That's what we're all about here. Dramatic readings. I mean, I've done enough. Uh I I could in fact I was insufferable when it came to the readings during Mocking Jay. So this is on brand for Bookish Pebbles. But here we are, they have finally kissed. Yeah. Um, I, I remember this like being one of the first like contemporary books I was reading where like or really just any YA book where like the main couple it wasn't until like the end where I had to wait for them to kiss. Slow burn. And this manages to and and somehow this managed to like not feel ru- rushed but at the same time there's still plenty of book left after this so we can see what happens after. Yeah, we're like just short of the two hundred page mark. Yep, and it's great, and like, and and like this book also reads so fast because every time I reread this book, I don't feel like it's been two hundred pages. It doesn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. So it's brilliant in that sense. It really is, and Allison, we only have ten pages left for this episode. God damn it! <laughs> One chapter. <laughs> I hate, and now I'm going to hate everything. Can I make my point first, though? Oh, oh yeah, of course. You had point. You had an outsider's point to this. Yes, because it came full circle. Mm-hmm. I mentioned the outsiders at the beginning of this episode when we were talking about homoerotic fan fiction. Ah, it's been a thing for forever. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting to me that out of every book that Rainbow Rowell could have chosen. She chose a book that's known for having a shit ton of gay fan fiction. Hmm. Rainbow Rowell putting in the work. It's almost as if she put some thought behind this book. But remember, you can't always count on that. Oh, yeah. 
listen, for now, let's just bask in the brilliance of it. Exactly. But that's why I wanted to make the point. Yep. Woohoo, we're smart podcasters. Now I want to watch the movie again. I've only read the book of The Outsiders. I've never seen the movie, weirdly enough. What? I know. What? Okay. We need to watch the movie. Okay, I have a feeling I know what Sarah's going to do 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 over the weekend with me, guys, besides C5 sauce. Patrick Swayze and Rob Lowe. I'm not straight fully, but like <laughs> that movie's got some beautiful men. And just like that, we're at chapter 16. Yep. And uh, Reagan comes barging into a surprise, to say the least. My note on that is just Reagan walks in, dot, 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 awkward. Levi wakes up two hours late for work and zips out of the apartment, out of the dorm, rather. Later. She tries to say she's sorry, and Reagan immediately is like, don't fucking do this. And that is where we find out that they're not dating. Mm-hmm. They're just besties. Yep. But it's but still I, a lot for Reagan to process. Because she just was not expecting that. I love the end of this section, though. Mm-hmm. Reagan finally turned away. She dropped her bag on the bed and grabbed her towel. And Kath just said she didn't want to be that girl. And he goes, what kind of girl is that, Kath? The girl kind? I'm going to take a shower. When I come back, I'll be over this. And she was. Mm-hmm. Reagan realizes after she sees Kath's copy of the book that they were telling the truth. They were just reading. Mm-hmm. Except for a kiss. Yep. We realize that Reagan knew all along that Levi liked her. Because mm-hmm. Levi talks about her all the time, even talks about Kat's fan fiction when he's hanging out with Reagan. If he were still my boyfriend, we'd have to throw down, but he's not. So let's go have lunch, okay? Mm-hmm. And they go and have lunch. And there's going to be. So they don't see Levi that night because he's working. There's going to be a party and I'm sure everything will go be great. There's going to be a party. I feel like we're rushing this chapter, but at the same time, we went so slow on the last chapter. It's, it feels right almost. Yeah. Plus, let's just, just yeah, I, need, I want to move on from this because I hate it here again. Same. There's going to be a party. There is going to be a party. Reagan helps Cap get ready for the party and everything to impress Levi. Oh, wait. Doesn't um one Cap is deciding, wait, I think I'm going to go. Doesn't she, doesn't Reagan like accidentally whack her with the door? Um, I think so. I'm trying to find it. Because it's like, why were you standing at the door anyway when you know I walk in like this? And Kat's like, maybe I was going out. And Reagan's like, wait, you are? The door flew open and the doorknob caught Kath in the ribs. Shit, she said, falling halfway onto the bed, halfway onto the floor. Her arms were over her head. She'd managed to protect her face. 
why were you standing right in front of the door? Maybe I was on my way out. Reagan's going to the party. She helps Kath get ready for the party. Mm-hmm. I love her. Look at you, Reagan said. You look slightly nicer than usual. <laughs> Everyone needs an honest friend like Reagan. Reagan also asks her if she needs her glasses. Mm-hmm. But also, ah, it does uh, it doesn't matter. He already likes you. I think he is into the nerdy schoolgirl thing. He talks about you like you're something he found in a natural history museum. He's so enchanted by this girl. And then they go to the party. And of course, it's at Levi's place. Mm-hmm. Le- she goes looking for Levi because obviously Levi is in his own house, right? Yep. She's going through the house looking for him and someone tells her, well, maybe he's in the kitchen. Reagan says, come on. Kath must lead the way. Oh, no. Reagan leads the way. The house had three big front rooms that were all connected. Living room, dining room, and sunroom. And the kitchen was in the back through a narrow doorway. Kath stuck close behind Reagan, so Reagan saw Levi before Kath was even through the door. Shit. Kath heard her whisper. Kath stepped into the kitchen. Levi was leaning back against the sink. Levi, always leaning. He had a bottle of beer in one hand, in the same hand, the same hand he was pressing into a girl's back. He's kissing another girl. This is the one bad thing about this man other than never washing his hair. <laughs> He's kissing another girl. I hate it here. You are so close. Kath looked down immediately and walked out of the kitchen, walked straight through the house to the front door. She knew Reagan was right behind her because she could hear her muttering, shit, shit, shit. Mm-hmm. And that is how the chapter ends. With yep. Levi being a man. Listen, leave, listen, no man is perfect. Levi just happens to be as close to perfect as a man can get. He's still just gonna do some fucking stupid shit, though. Like, kiss another girl at a party. Like, what? Well, like, 24 hours after doing that? 48 hours I forget how long it's been, but not that long. She doesn't see him all day Wednesday because he works the night. That's true. She doesn't see, so reading night is Monday into Tuesday at this rate. Okay. Tuesday, he wakes up two hours late for work, rushes out, never comes back to the dorm. Wednesday, he works the night shift, so we don't see him. Mm-hmm. So pretty must be Thursday night. Okay, so yeah, it has been a while, but still. It's been a whole 48 hours. Yeah, but still, that is not what we were on a break. (laughs) No, Ross and Rachel were never on a break, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Like, I get you were on a break, but dude, you didn't even let 12 hours go by. 
Yeah, nor did Rachel confirm that you, nor did you two really confirm that you were on a break. All Rachel did was say, hey, maybe we should take a break. And you just walked away before finishing the conversation. Fucking men. Ross Geller hate club. Woo! And this is the Joey Tribbiani love club. Oh my god, it is. My man. <laughs> But anyway, uh, what chapters are we discussing next time? 17 to something I don't have written down. Okay. 17 to something. Sounds like a plan. But anyway, uh, thank, thank y'all for listening. Uh, Sarah and I will potentially try to record this coming uh, weekend and then have an episode out by next week. But who knows with us? It's always... Who knows? Yeah, with us, who knows? Because life happens. Summer gets busy and crazy for me every year. I try to do things. I honestly cannot tell you how I managed to consistently post episodes last year during the summertime. I don't know, as someone who knows you personally. Exactly. Actually, no. The one time it made sense. Actually, no. This was the one time where I could manage it that summer because I got COVID last summer. Oh, yeah. So I legit could not do shit. That was fun. Yeah, do not I do not recommend COVID, guys. Or no anything. One. But anyway, um Sarah, your socials I'm obviously gonna put in the show notes. Say hi to me. Send me love. I'm bored. Entertain me. <laughs> yes. Sarah deserves all the entertainment. And reminder, if you happen to be at the Five Sauce concert night shoe in Boston and you see someone randomly hanging handing out friendship bracelets, take the damn bracelets take them i've made so many exactly she put a lot of work into it so you better take them and you better love them they're made with love (laughs) just threaten people with love it's fine it's fine yeah but anyway thank you thank you all for listening again um i you know the socials the instagram tiktok all in the all in the show notes and um oh also i started a threads account not an official one for the podcast but i just automatically made one because it sunk up with my other instagram account so follow me on threads i guess i haven't posted anything we yep we but and then again and again uh more uh, more information uh release more information about puff so for anyone who's in the area who wants to come see the show come see the show but with that being said uh i got nothing else to add what about you sarah Remember, folks, audiobooks are reading, ebooks are reading, and don't forget to hydrate before you dehydrate. We love you. Yay. Everyone, have a great day slash night, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Go on a rant. All right. Looks lost into the camera. Should I go on a House of Anubis rant? Because I could. I could. Also, if anyone has any good fanfiction recommendations for me specifically for like Nina and Jerome uh, fanfiction, whether it's romantic, platonic, I don't care. I need more of it. There should have been more of their dynamic in the show. And I'm wondering, and I'd have to rewatch season two, 
but I'm wondering if um, Nina reminds Jerome of Poppy in any way, and that's why he's so protective of her, because this man barely knew, he and Nina barely interacted, like, they didn't, they didn't interact much, usually when they interacted, it was part of a group, so they didn't interact much, but yet, when Jerome thought Nina may have been kidnapped by Rufus, man was ready to go to war for her, okay? He was ready to start swinging, and I love him for it. But, but, uh, and sometimes I don't know if I ship Nina more with Jerome or or Fabian. Oh, then again, I think Fabian is ultimately her soulmate, which is why I hate the ending of season three. Because why would you pair off uh, Fabian and Mara at the literal last second of the season of the season? And I hate the TV movie so fucking much. I and I have no idea if I'm going to keep this rant in the episode. But anyway, um, Ray's laying down at the door. <laughs> 